Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I am so excited that you're here, and I can't believe we're already at episode number 68. I started this project back in December of 2019, and sometimes I just... I look at all the episodes that have been created and all the interviews that have been shared and the amazing people that I've met through this podcast, it's pretty outstanding. So thank you for being here, whether it's your 68th episode or your very first one, I really appreciate that you've decided to listen to the podcast today. Now I have a question for you. Did you know that I also have a Wake Up With Gratitude store? Have you been to wakeupwithgratitude.com yet? So in my shop, I share a number of things that are mostly based around my photography. I am very blessed to live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. I live on Vancouver Island and I absolutely love getting up early and taking photos of the sunrise. I catch the occasional sunset as well and I love sharing photos of the ocean and the beautiful forests that are surrounding us. So what I've done is I've created a set of gratitude cards. You might have heard me speak about my book before, which is 30 Days of Gratitude, and I thought it would be great to have a set of cards that goes with the book. So my first set of cards has six different images in it, and each card has a different message of gratitude in it. So when you order the 30 Days of Gratitude cards, you get six different cards and five of each to go along with or without the 30 Days of Gratitude book. And I've recently launched a brand new set of cards with different images that are blank inside. I had a number of clients asking me for cards that were blank on the inside so that they could express their own gratitude in their own way. And that's what I've done. So those two options are available in the shop. If you haven't visited yet, I would love for you to take a quick peek. I do do custom work as well. I do custom canvases and also do custom cards. So if there's an image that you've seen on social media that I've posted and you would like to have a custom set of cards for you personally or for your business, let me know and we will create something that's just perfect for you to express your gratitude. All right. I'm so excited to introduce our very next guest. So let's get into this next episode. Have you heard of functional medicine before? Ever wondered if it might be able to help you? Julie Michelson is a national board-certified functional medicine coach, and in our interview, she explains how she overcame the debilitating symptoms of her autoimmune disorders with the help of the practices used in functional medicine. Her personal experiences with functional medicine led her to become a practitioner. Among other things, she helps her clients with a stress management routine to counteract all the stress and inflammation we face in our everyday lives. We have a great discussion about how gratitude, self-care, and self-love are the critical foundations for stress management. Hello, everyone. I'm Julie Boyer, and this is the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. And if you're watching us, this is the video edition. I have a very special guest today. I'm so excited to welcome Julie Michelson. Good morning. Good morning. I'm really excited to get into this interview. Um, Julie is actually a national board certified functional medicine coach. 
So if you're not sure what functional medicine is and you've heard that, which I think a lot of us have these days, we're going to really unpack what that means. But what I really am excited to share with you is Julie has an extremely powerful story. She overcame a number of different um, inflammatory diseases, uh, life-threatening issues. And as, I mean, if you look at her now, if you're watching the video, she is healthy, happy, and doing amazing. She's become an expert in helping people to deal with stress, to create stress management routines. She focuses on self-care first, and one of the tenets of her work is gratitude. I cannot think of a better person to have as a guest on this podcast. So Julie, so that we can get to know you a little bit better and you can kind of unpack this story that I introduced, can you tell us a little bit about how you kind of got to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me. I, in about 2004, was diagnosed with my first autoimmune condition, which was rheumatoid arthritis. And at the time, I was a newly divorced single mom of three kiddos who were two, four, and six. So we were active and busy. And I, you know, went to my Western doc, as one would, and saw the top specialists and was lucky to actually get diagnosed within the first year of, of seeking a diagnosis. Um, sometimes with autoimmunity, it can take a really long time. Um, but I also was raised with the good girl syndrome. And so I believed my doctors when they told me that there was nothing I could do to improve my health, to you know, turn my condition around, um, but that they would help me through medication at least try to slow the disease progress. Um, so that, that was it. I was told, you know, well, we just hope you aren't in too much pain and don't die too quick was basically. And for 10 years, I stayed in, in that mindset. I took my meds. I continued to decline. They continued to prescribe more medications. Um, of course, I needed more medications for the medications I was taking and the problems those were causing. Uh, so at the end of that decade, I was on 10 prescriptions. I had quit my, I had, couldn't work. I had quit my grad school program um, because my brain fog was so bad. And I realized also that, that by that point I was unable to work. So what was the point in finishing the degree? Um, and I literally just saved any, every ounce of energy I had for my children. Um, you know, that was the focus. And lucky for me, that was about 10 years in when my daughter came to me and said, mom, please don't die and leave us. And I knew I couldn't promise I wouldn't. I mean, there, there was no, um, at the time I was in my mid forties, my father had passed in his early, early fifties. Um, so I didn't think I'd live to see 50. Um, the only thing I could promise her was that I would try everything I could. And there began the shift. Thank goodness. Yeah. I just want to pause in your story for a moment there because yeah. it's that moment of how old was your daughter at the time when she... She was probably like a freshman in, in high school. Okay. Yeah. So it's that, you know, she's basically only known you in this one way, right? Yeah. Like she doesn't probably have a lot of memories of you being healthy and well. And that fear of a child to lose their parent... Um, I guess was the catalyst for you to start looking at making changes. So you're 10 years in, you're in all these prescriptions, you're not getting better, you're getting worse. 
you have this moment of shift. So what direction did you take at this point? I started with diet because I had already gone gluten-free a few years beforehand um, to support my son who was diagnosed with celiac. Um, and okay. I now know I too am celiac, but didn't know at the time, but I did notice that my joint pain had improved, you know, just a little bit when I went. So that was the only thing I'd done in years that made a difference. So I, I dug in with diet first further and continued to identify things in, in my diet that were driving my inflammation and everything seemed to help you know, incrementally. It was a very slow process. Um, and then diet-wise, I, I found, thank goodness, I found Dave Asprey and the Bulletproof Diet. Um, I had been on a low-fat diet my entire life, and that was the missing piece for me diet-wise, was my poor body was so starved of healthy fats. Um, and so that you know, that was a, a leap, you know, not just a little tiny step. And that got me well enough to be able to start to expand. As you mentioned, I love the, like the self-care and the um, bringing in a committed meditation practice mm. and learning about gratitude and, and an actual gratitude practice versus, you know, I, I think I've always been a grateful human. It's different though. So. Yeah, there's a difference between just being grateful, as the sign behind me says, and actually yes. practicing gratitude. And it is, it's, to me, it's like a yoga practice. It's something you just, you do on a regular basis. You, you continue to practice it. You never, I don't think there's ever an end to, to how we can develop the way that we practice gratitude, kind of like with a yoga or a meditation practice. It's something we're doing every day. It's just part of our healthy routine. So it's interesting. I actually just finished uh, reading his book and I just was so curious that that's what triggered it for you. And the low fat thing. I mean, I grew up in the same time where fat was bad. Yes. You know, I still work with clients that are scared of fat. It is yes. a very difficult mindset to shift the understanding that our body needs healthy fats. Our cells are, our cell walls like thrive, <laughs> right? Like they can't, our brain needs healthy fat. All these things that, that are misunderstood and the, it takes a lot. And you mentioned a few times about mindset shift and you, you know, that to me is a big thing about healing is where do we start to shift our mind? And you started where you'd seen a little bit of improvement, which is with your diet. And that does help. I think once we do something small that starts to have a little bit of incremental change that our mindset is able to shift and we can do more and more and more. And I don't know about you, but I find one of the challenges with my clients is often they want to do too much at once. Yes. And then they're overwhelmed and they, they feel like they're failing. And they quit. <laughs> and they quit. Yes. Yeah. And they quit. Yes. Yeah. So, I say, you know, look at the target. We know where we want to go, but it, you know, it's like climbing a mountain. You're not staring at the top of the mountain the whole time. No. You're what? Going, <laughs> and then you're taking one step at yeah. a time. And it's yeah. the same with our wellness. Check your map and your route and make sure you're going the right way and make sure you see the trail markers. And yes, yeah, it's very hard to climb a mountain if you're always looking up at the top because you'll start slipping and sliding. So yes. uh, as we both live near the mountains and I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so now I'm kind of curious. So you went through all this, these personal challenges. 
were you already studying functional medicine like before you gave up? No, this is all new. So how did that come about? Um, so through Bulletproof, actually, um, about a year into my Bulletproof journey, they created a coaching program and my brain was well enough. And I was like, I want to help people. You know, I, this has been remarkable. I want to help people. Prior to that, I was studying equine assisted psychotherapy. Um, so I've always, I've always wanted to be in the helping profession somehow, um, and so I did their coaching program and that's where I really learned, I had heard like most, you know, the term functional medicine. Um, but it was through that coaching program that I, I learned that that was the next step for me in my healing journey. And so my career has evolved as my healing journey has evolved. Um, I became passionate about not only coaching as a way to help people, but the more I learned about functional medicine and went back to school to learn as much as I could about, you know, all of the approaches and um, details about that perspective on wellness. Um, it, it, to me, it's just a no brainer because it, it works with chronic illness and that's, that's my story and that's my passion. Well, and it's something that affects the majority of people today. I mean, really the majority of people that we know in living in North America are dealing with some kind of chronic illness. So if I'm hearing the term functional medicine and I am hearing this for the first time, Mm -hmm. what is the simplest way for you to understand what does this mean? Functional medicine is what we call root cause medicine. So unlike when I was diagnosed and told, you know, you'd have this and you're done, basically, um, the functional medicine approach, A, looks at the whole body as opposed to Western medicine, which is system by system, right? You've got a specialist for each organ and, um, but also the, the approach that the body can heal itself. So taking autoimmunity, for instance, um, there's a saying in functional medicine, you know, genetics loads the gun, but environment pulls the trigger, (laughs) right? And so they don't, so for me, like I, rheumatoid arthritis was my first diagnosis. They don't look at me and and say, well, you have rheumatoid arthritis. There's nothing we can do. They say, what's caught, what caused that? Genetics or not. And actually I didn't, I don't have the genetics. So so what caused it? And when you, when you get to that root cause and you address the root cause, the body can heal. And it does. It does. Over and over and over. It works. And the root cause in so many situations is stress and inflammation. Yes. It's all chronic inflammation. It's a question of what's driving the inflammation. And it's, it's not usually one thing. <laughs> no. And, and so almost always i have yet to actually have a client show up on my doorstep with their stress management really dialed in i haven't found it yet so and this is something that you become an expert in and this is i think what a lot of our listeners will want to learn more about so we spoke a little bit before we started recording and you were telling me about a stress management management routine and i have to be honest with you, I'd never really thought about it in that way. What is my stress management routine? 
I know the things that I'm doing for self-care and self-love. I've really been working on it. That's actually where this podcast came from. It was a 30 days of self-love challenge, but I never really thought about it in this way. So this is something you coach on and you teach on. Can you explain what that looks like? Sure. Absolutely. And, and to me, there's an overlap, like self-care is stress management. Sure. Right. So yeah. you, you may be like looking at it through a different perspective, but you're doing the thing. I already know you're doing the things cause we chatted, <laughs> um, but the key is the word routine. And, and I know you and I share that approach of, you know, you do these things when life is good, you do these things daily so that when the stress is elevated, it's a go-to. You're not searching for some like, oh my gosh, I'm so overstressed right now. What can I do? No, it's just right there for you because you've been doing it daily. Um, and so everybody's stress management routine looks different. Um, but I like to work with people. My, my approach with people is um, I say I work from two buckets. There's this idea of the scientific tried and true we know documented these things reduce cortisol, help reduce stress. And gratitude is at the top of that list. Um, gratitude, meditation, breathing techniques, time in nature. Are, and there are many more things that work, but these are the documented, scientifically backed, we know they work. And I believe everybody should do at least some of those things, if not all but at least some of those things as part of their routine. And then the other bucket I love to work with, which also would fall under what you might consider self-care, is I, I ask people what fills your cup. And that's where it's so individualized. You know, For me, what fills my cup is my horses. I love my horses. For some people, that would be such a stressor if they had to spend time with their six horses. <laughs> you know, that would be a lot. Um, so it becomes really individualized. Um, and so many of us have lost touch with things that have brought us joy throughout our lives. Um, so I'd love to get into like, well, what did you love to do as a kid? And, you know, how do we recreate? It might not be the same activity, but that feeling. And um, so that blend of the two, making it customizable, but also it's got to be easy to do or people aren't going to do it. I do think that finding joy, there's actually, I have a, I have all these sticky notes on my desk and this one says, uh, money follows joy. Yes. And I, because the more I do things that bring me joy, the more my business grows, the revenue grows, like I'm not fighting it. It's a lot easier. And I love that you separated into the two buckets, right? You look at the science and the stuff that we, we already know, but I right. love the other side of it is like, what is bringing you joy? And we are in a time where I don't know where we are in this coronavirus pandemic. We are um, the end of July, 2020. We could be in the middle. We could be at the very beginning. Nope. I don't think we're close to the end, but nope. uh, <laughs> we're definitely in it. And so joy is, I think it's forgotten. I think it's how do we find joy when like, things are really tough. And I, you mentioned a little bit about going back to our practices and that kind of thing. So you've been through some hard things, even in just this year, Julie, and how have these 
this routine and these practices helped you to get through some of these really big challenges that you've been faced with? That's a great question. <laughs> um, it has been quite a year for me. <laughs> um, and as for most of us, but I, I've had, I'll give you the brief snippet. I sustained a serious head injury in January that took me out for about three months um, and was scary, was very scary. Uh, but through these practices, literally from day one, and because of what I do and that I love what I do, I, again, it's the lens you're looking through. It was like, this is going to benefit my clients. I know it is. So I, it was, it was like, you know, how does this make me a better coach? What can I learn from this? That's going to help other people. Um, and I already have a daily gratitude journaling practice. So I also study quantum physics. Mm -hmm. Um, for the past three years, I've been studying with a grandmaster of an ancient Chinese energy program, which is all based on quantum, quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And where you put your attention is what you're calling in, right? I mean, that's just how physics works. So this idea of gratitude journaling, you know, the A, you're telling the universe, I want more of this, like, yes, please. And B really pretty quickly with, for sure with myself, but I see it over and over with my clients as well. The more you start to focus on what you're grateful for, the more you start to notice all of the other things you're grateful for. And so even in a really hard time, you're not in that only seeing the challenge, you're seeing the opportunity in the challenge. And you spent 10 years only in the challenge. Yes. Right. And that's yeah. what is, that's what you said about like, as coaches, when we go through difficult things, we always, part of us is always thinking, well, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from this and my clients are going to benefit because I definitely do the same thing is I'm, you know, we've been, we've had a very, some big challenges that I, I'm, you know, have not yet talked about and I'm not ready to talk about just yet, but we've been through a lot as well during this time. And you know, you talk about, we talk about the work and the healing and what I realized, I had this little light bulb moment this week because I have one of my mentors and peers, she sustained a, a minor head injury about three weeks ago now. So she's been, she said, no, I'm doing my work, right? Like you, she's very tapped into the quantum field. She does energy healing, body code. So she's like, I'm just, I'm over here doing my work, like literally doing the work. And I, the other day, um, was feeling a bit anxious. And what did I do? I got in the car and I drove to the beach by myself. I went to the beach and I walked along the beach and I sat and I just listened to the water. I took my photos because that brings me joy. And I just had this moment of, this is the work. And to me, what I think is so critical to, to just grab of all the little beautiful things you've shared is that the caring for yourself, the doing the things, the addressing the buckets is the work. Yes. I, my, one of my favorite things to say is self-care is not selfish. I mean, it is the greatest gift you can give to your family, your friends, anybody who you interact with, <laughs> really. Um, it just, that's what it's about. I think that's why we're here is to become the best we can be. And that takes the work. 
It is. And the work is you first, like myself first. And in this time of increased stress and inflammation, and yeah, I'm not eating as healthy as I used to. I've definitely changed some of my habits. I, especially at the beginning when we were, you know, just grocery shopping once every two weeks, like all these things. So I know that some of the ways that I nourish myself aren't the same as I would before. So even more work needs to be done on taking care of myself and me and having that stress management routine you talked about. I really encourage people to listen um, that are listening right now to just take a moment and just even write it down, right? You've given us so many good ideas, write down, maybe what am I already doing? Maybe we don't even know, right? Right. What we're, we're doing. And that's, I love starting there. Some, so many of us are doing the things, but we're not doing them with intention or, or consistency. Yes. So if you're already doing something, start there and just make it daily. That's a really good point is that sometimes we get upset with ourselves because we started our gratitude journal and we only wrote in it for three nights and then we forgot about it. I just say, don't worry about it. My kid is the best at this. She's nine. She's had a gratitude practice uh, since she was five. And you know what? Sometimes she's, I know it's like, it's the best. She has a, she has this one gratitude journal. It's like this thick and she's been writing in it for almost three years, but she misses a night or two. It doesn't matter. She writes most nights, but sometimes she'll be like, Oh, I missed like two nights. I'm like, Oh, well, right. Right tonight. Right. Yeah. Teach at the at a young age. It's okay. You're not failing. You're just human. Yeah, it is not about perfection. And honestly, you know, I I even cringed on the inside when I said take whatever you're doing and do it every day because when I'm working with clients and we're going toward every day, you know, if that's the grand goal, I always say, and it, everybody has a different answer, but you know, okay, if seven is the goal, like where's the gold star? can't be seven. It has to be less than seven. Right. It's not right. about perfection. So you actually reminded me of a, a really cool thing that I discovered. I didn't make this up and I, I read it in success magazine years ago. Loved that magazine. So good. Uh, it's something called a when life works list. W L W L. Have you heard of this before? I have not. I'm intrigued. It's very cool because it actually aligns with what you're saying about the two buckets. So what you do on this list is you write 10 to 12 things that bring you joy, that you enjoy doing, that make you feel good. So for me, it's like walking on the beach, watching the sunrise, cuddling with my kid or my dog, uh, drinking water, eating foods that nourish me. And so you write this list of of 10 to 12 things and you post it in your home, wherever it's convenient, mine's in the bathroom. And then your goal daily is to hit three to five of those things. Love that. Right. It's not about 12. Right. Right. And the key is making the list. Sadly, (laughs) most adults that I work with can't answer me the first time I say, what brings you joy? And that's, as we talked about chronic illness being everywhere, you know, that it's a big part of the problem. You know, we lose pieces of our joy as we get older. And, and I mean, my children are my joy, but when all of my attention, when I, nobody told me self-care was, you know, not selfish if you're a mommy. Um, and so, and it's not just women, it's men as well. I've had this conversation so many times in the past week with people that feel stuck and, 
that's that's where we start is okay let's let's figure it out there is there is you do experience joy and you will experience joy let's find it let's create it julie i agree there we all have some there's joy i mean why else would you be here if we weren't like to me it's like if we're not here to have to find joy in the day and find even a slice a little itty bitty bit and maybe your joy is reading that trashy magazine that you don't want anybody else to know about but you freaking love it right like it doesn't matter and yes your joy can be being with your horses or your pets or your animals but it can also be totally frivolous because joy does not there's no judgment around joy right it just is. It's just a feeling. Absolutely. And it's contagious. Yes. So if you're creating joy in your world, you're, you're giving joy to other people. Yeah. We need more joy. So good. Okay. As I wrap things up, I love to ask, you know, you have had this incredible journey of, of real transformation of creating these beautiful practices. Tell me a little bit about what Julie's day looks like. So where do these practices, these gratitude practices kind of fit into your day? Maybe not every day, but what are the things that you do um, that are gratitude practices? Just for you. <laughs> yep. Just for me. Um, so the first 90 minutes of my day is mine every day. And that's grown. Obviously it didn't start at 90 minutes. Um, and so that's my me time. I mentioned um, the energy program that I study. It's called Energy for Success. And that incorporates um, journaling. So wins and gratitudes. And so that's my gratitude journaling um, goals. So I'm journaling goals and intentions every day, every morning. And I'm always doing it. I don't only do it in that 90 minute window, but that's my protected what I have learned is if I don't, and I think I'll do it later, I probably won't. Um, I, me I meditate in that window depending on, and then I have um, a good amount of physical practices through my energy study that I do. Um, so I'm either extra, I'm not either, and <laughs> exercising, you know, perhaps there's yoga, it may look, it may look different, um, but I, try to stay pretty sequestered in the, you know, uninterrupted. I don't turn my phone off airplane mode yet. That's my me time. Um, and I do, I do the gratitude journaling every morning. I often do it at night also, not every night. So, you know, if not, then in the morning I'm thinking about yesterday and, and I tell people it doesn't have to be, you know, if you're, if you're in a tough place, you know, it could be, I'm able to hold the pen today. Yeah. You know, I usually start with like, well, what is working on my body? Right. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, it just gets the, the ball rolling. And so when I have, if I'm being really good and I have the opportunity as I move through my day, when I have that thought of like, Ooh, you know, I'm so glad this happened. I got to experience that. I will, I will journal it in my journal. My journal comes with me everywhere. Here's my gratitude journal. It's its own separate journal. Um, so it, it has, it is so different than just being a grateful person. <laughs> it really is. I love too that you said, it's interesting because mine kind of is opposite. So every night is that is every night, that happens that no matter what. And then my morning practice started a year ago, like my morning, 
I had another, like I still have a simple just mantra that I say when I wake up in the morning, which is thank you for this gift of another day and the opportunity to be of service to others and make a difference in the world. That's my mantra. Love it. <laughs> so that's my, that's what I recommend to people. I'm like, just start with that. But I started this new morning gratitude practice, which is writing a note in my phone. So I'm still in airplane mode. And then I send it to a friend and she and I have been doing this practice for over a year. Um, she has kind of fallen off answering me back. It's interesting, but <laughs> I still do it because it's really isn't about her. Like I'm for doing you. Me, right. But that one I miss a few times, but the night one for me is like, it is so, um, ingrained. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to share a teeny little story because you said about gratitude to hold the pen and, uh, years ago, I experienced a traumatic miscarriage, which ended up with uh, an invasive group A strep, which is a life-threatening bacterial infection. And I spent a week in a medically induced coma. I brought my gratitude journal to the hospital with me when I went to the hospital, because it goes everywhere with me. And I remember when I woke up and really when you come out of that, your body doesn't work properly at all. And I remember just trying to hold a pen and I couldn't hold a pen. I couldn't speak because I'd been intubated and I couldn't hold a pen. And I, I remember like it was yesterday, the page in my gratitude journal, because it was right beside my bed and someone put it in front of me and gave me a pen to hold. And there's a scribble because I was trying to write something yep. and I couldn't. So when you say, maybe you're just grateful you can hold the pen. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I'm imagining that you might have also experienced that through your life when with rheumatoid arthritis, not being able to even hold a pen. But I, I, when you said that, I had this moment of totally, you brought me back to that moment when I really couldn't hold a pen. So I have goosebumps. I too have journals and I, I keep all of my journals. I mean, there's a powerful place <laughs> where they all sit. And um, I have journals so where you can't read what I wrote for d various reasons. Um, one, the most recent being, well, that maybe not the most recent, probably if we look at January, you might not be able to read it. Um, it certainly doesn't look like my handwriting if you can read it, but also three years ago, I broke my right shoulder and I'm right-handed and, but it didn't stop me. So there, there's a, connect, a connection to the brain with moving yes. your hands, yeah. which is why, you know, I have, I have clients that say, well, I, I, I say my gratitudes in my head when I go to sleep every night. And I said, great. And let's make this new practice. Um, so, you know, I know for sure, you know, three years ago, September, you could not read <laughs> what I wrote. Um, and I too was, I was at the hospital last week. I had had surgery and my journals came with me. And, you know, it was as soon as my brain was clear enough to start writing, there, there I was. I think this is a great thing to kind of wrap our interview up on is that both of us have had difficult times. And the one thing that we've carried with us has been the gratitude journal. And that's the point is that we were looking for the glimmer of gratitude, even when things seem really, really difficult. And that 
to me is the biggest magic of gratitude. So I've adored our time together. I could definitely talk with you about gratitude for hours and hours. Likewise. <laughs> In the interest of time though. And I'm, I really want people to be able to connect with you. So Julie, where is the best place to find you? The best place is probably my website, which is juliemichelson.com. And there's no A in Michelson. I say it's spelled wrong. Um, and you can, yeah, I love connecting with people and finding out how I can support people. You can book a 30 minute call right on the website, a complimentary call so we can meet and I can see how I can add some value. Cool. And if we want to follow you on socials, um... social, I'm julie.michelson on Instagram and Julie Michelson coaching on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn, Julie Michelson. Cool. Well, I'll make sure we've got all those links there. This interview will be shared in all those places and I'll be tagging you. I'm definitely going to listen again. I think that's one of my favorite things is to go back and, and listen and watch a second time because I can't take notes while I'm doing that one interview, but you really, I love so many things that you shared and, you know, we were virtual strangers 45 minutes ago and if I can feel totally connected with you in the short time we spent together, I know that our audience will do the same. So Thank you again, Julie, for being just, just being you, being authentic and sharing all the wonderful things and ways that gratitude has made an impact in your life. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing what you're doing. You're, you're spreading the, the word. <laughs> Thanks, friend. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened to this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, if you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.